You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Welcome back to the Watch Along Critical Commentary Podcast, uh, recorded here on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations. Um, I've got special guests with me today. Uh, y'all remember my dear friend Channing from the Treaty 8 territories of the uh, Cree, Dene, Beaver, and Métis Nations. Uh, hi, Channing. Hi, Ryan. How's it going today? Functional. Better than Archie. <laughs> Better than the 50s. Appreciating all my modern freedoms and choices so very much Oh yeah. in the vibe of this episode. Yeah, appreciating and then at the same time, like, worrying about, like, how much of this episode, like, how how much of this episode resonated with the issues in Florida and the Don't Say Gay Bill and the, you know, attack Mm -hmm. on libraries and, uh, you know, all those things that are near and dear. Um, Yeah, (laughs) it hurts. (laughs) it's, It's like gratitude, but also the fight is not over. Why is yeah. the fight not over? Why are we back to a point where it might be relevant knowledge that frogs are pregnancy tests? We shouldn't murder frogs in the meantime, though, because dollar stores still have pregnancy tests. Yes, yes. If you're going to go through the trouble of finding uh, a needle to inject pee to a frog, go through the trouble to get yourself a pregnancy test. <laughs> Please save the frogs. Mm-hmm. Um, quick hello from Chloe, who is taking care of a sick baby today. Oh. Cheers from the cheers from the land of bodily fluids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, parenthood's awesome. Adulthood is awesome. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, what else did we have this week? Um, we had uh, Tony. Tony jumped out for me. Archie and Cheryl jumped out for me. Um, Horny Betty is my new favorite thing. We've always had a horny Betty, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, but they're they're really letting it define. They're really showing it in a. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love that she's trying it, to explore her her sexuality in a healthy way, uh, looking yeah. to the world of books when you can't trust your adults. Uh, love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, work in the library. Love that. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, yeah, it's it's quite lovely. And also the acceptance, you know, just realizing that like, hey, uh, other people are different than me and that's mm. okay. Yes. Casual acceptance while acknowledging that, yeah, it's not a default. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying the, um, I feel like they're doing a good balance of presenting and including the, all the, the judgments, the bigotry, the isms of, of this period that were notably dominant in this period um without without wearing me down with them like a lot of period work does i mean we're kind of exploring all of the isms we haven't really done much with the racism i mean yes Mm -hmm. we had that you know oh we were one of the first high schools to integrate in the first episode um and you know some touching on uh the emmett till case which obviously Mm -hmm. you know very very important to know about um but we haven't gone fully in that direction um Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm 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 
I'm enjoying the fact that we're exploring the uh, the the sexuality and the the lack of freedom in the in the 50s and the mm-hmm. uh, the exploring the LGBTQ plus issues um, mm-hmm. that were there at the time. Um, and I know that like most things, well, I shouldn't say I know that, but my experience of many things that are looking at the fifties tend to be focused on the racial issues. And so it's interesting mm-hmm. to see it from a different perspective. Um, mm-hmm. however, let's not forget about the many racial issues we were dealing with at that time as well. Yes. Um, and it's interesting because I, in, in, in episode one of this, this season, I was broadly impressed by how they chose to handle the issue of racism, race in America, and the black civil rights movement. They introduced major moments. They gave us characters discovering these things in world. Um, We haven't spent too much time with individual, personal racists of Riverdale and the racist actions that are one-on-one about these characters. Um, We've avoided that so far, which... I, I almost didn't trust them to do it right. when, we were, when we were talking about this last year, uh, and I was impressed with episode one. So, uh, yeah, walking, yeah, they're walking a fine line still, but they're walk, like they're walking it. To an extent. I mean, I, this episode, the, uh, you know, do you come from similar backgrounds? Well, we're descended from oh, barons gosh. and baronesses, and like, oh, well, we barely survived the Dust Bowl, but y'all are both white, so yes, you're from similar ba- similar enough backgrounds to be compatible. Oh, that yeah, was that ick. gorgeous red hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's um. It introduced a bunch of um, very like classic classist beats that 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 are real, that are still present, but are that are not maybe talked about quite as blatantly, openly, or with the same uh, with the same with the same uh, societally reinforced rigor. Mm, yes, exactly. Like Mr. Mayor, oh Clifford, please. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have to say, I saw Clifford sitting at the table oh. and just went, oh, no. Oh. Why aren't you dead? <laughs> Why aren't you dead? <laughs> yes, please. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> that was most unfortunate. Um, Indeed. Yeah. But at the same time, trying to see people somewhat recon- reconciling with the differences in classes. I mean, they were about to accept mm-hmm. redheaded Archie into their family. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we certainly see some interesting things with Veronica and Jughead. So, yeah. uh, there's some class lines there being blurred. Oh yeah. I was, I am surprised, but enjoying myself in that plot line. I'm enjoying it, and yet at the same time, slightly disappointed that we're leaning away from Jughead's potential asexuality that was depicted in the comics. That it, it we got a hint mm-hmm, we might mm-hmm. get this this season, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but at the same time, this is our opportunity to explore a Jughead. So I, I don't know. I'm torn here. I'm torn here. Oh, I'm um. How, uh, whatever they're doing right now, um, those actors have a great chemistry going. Yes. Like, 
and I and I think the the fact that they haven't been utilized in the seven seasons so far, really, except as a couple of bits, a couple of Archie's girlfriend, Archie's friend. I'm gonna eat in the in the garage bits. Um, I don't know if it's just maybe the if it's just a very clever use of the show's internal dynamics uh, or what, or if there's you know if these if it's just like Camila Mendez and uh, Cole Sprouse are just thriving off playing each other as scene partners. They're both pretty great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's certainly enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Channing, uh, anything else before we jump in that you want it, we want to context and dig in and, and whatnot? Any mm-hmm. questions? Not with Riverdale, but uh, just at the request of my husband, you know, shout out to uh, the Canadian government workers who are on strike, you know, power the people. Good luck yeah, to you all. Action. Keep it strong. Uh, we definitely saw a lot of uh, union, pro-union, pro-labor uh, content in the last season. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's relevant. It's relevant. I was just about to say, yeah, speaking in the ethos of Riverdale, basic workers' rights and maybe general strike? Maybe one day general strike. Anyway, we are always labor-affirming on this little nerdy podcast. And Riverdale's been surprisingly labor-affirming, too. Absolutely. So I'm ready for the Badoom when you are. Let's Badoom, gang. If you're watching along, load up your Netflix or otherwise totally legally acquired uh, digital recordings of some form, and clicking play to watch along in three, two, one. Badoom ba. And then they fix this, right? They fix this sound. I have it on mute right now, so I. But <laughs> but it's not been hurting me the same way it used to. <sighs> How, what do you think of Sheriff Keller? Sheriff Keller, you know... Is this version? This yeah. version, he's, he's pretty vanilla, right? Like, he's he's not done anything... He's obviously very much on the side of the, the established, the establishment. Um, yeah. But he's kind of vanilla. Like, we don't see him doing much other than, you know, potentially trashing... And mm-hmm. Jughead's uh, train car and stealing hot dog. How dare he? Um, but kind of just vanilla in this again. And uh, mm-hmm. I appreciated some of the talking down to he got uh, a little later mm-hmm. on in the episode. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm harking back to season one Sheriff Keller in, in a lot of ways before he was fleshed out as Kevin's dad in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um, and where we, you know, are not, have not gone as yet. Mm-hmm. Well, that pearl headband is fabulous on Veronica. I didn't notice it the first time through. It is lovely. <laughs> Little fashion details in this whole thing. And we're back in the locker room, the land of masculinity, where there are always two men taking a shower in the same spots. There's always two men facing away from us, taking long, repeated showers, washing their upper torso in these <laughs> locker room scenes. It's uh, it's an artistic standard. Yep. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and so we have Cheryl looking for a hero here. Um, a hero mm-hmm. to take her away, not from her family, but truly from herself. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, no, you're right. You're right, because she's super not a lesbian if she can run off with Archie. Exactly. <laughs> and breed some more beautiful red-headed children. Um, mm-hmm. And folk, as folk singers on going, I don't know, probably ending up in Oregon. Let's be real. These, these are, these are Portland hippie burnouts 50 years down the line. If they follow this path, both of them super gay and regretting everything. That's my prediction for this future. If they had <laughs> ran off to folk, to become folk musicians. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but the, you know what? As a, as friends, I'm enjoying the I'm enjoying the the chemistry that they have as friends, if not as lovers, but Agreed. just as friends in this in this season so far. Agreed, hugely, and I I like in this episode that it comes up a few times that the discussion of friendship as a foundation of relationship, even in a hokey '50s patriarchal tradition way, they mention it, they talk about it, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they really do seem to build a fun friendship. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Archie wants to take to protect his friend. That is... That is very Archie. Yeah. <laughs> that is very Archie. That, that is. Nice. And so I have to say, I, I since I haven't been here for the last uh, three episodes, I am really enjoying mm-hmm. the language um, of the mm. 50s and the way that they're weaving that through in here. Um, I did not yes. get to celebrate with you the how ginchy Betty is, but... Uh, <laughs> I fully agree. <laughs> I, I fully agree. The vibe, the the vocab, the jargon, the it's period. It's it's um, it's not feeling forced period. It's feeling silly period. Oh, but very, true. very. They they must be having so much fun with the language. Uh, Golly gee, great choices. <laughs> oh, Tony as the um Tony be just. I'm distracted by Tony's amazingness here. The, the Tony as a font of knowledge, as a supporting character to um, lead everyone else into a better w- life and a better world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Guidance counselor, Tony. Yeah. And all, as always, as has always been true for her character, so showing such in, immense emotional mm. and worldly knowledge for her age. Yes. 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 And, uh, so Jughead's and he, in jail, and Veronica <laughs> always visiting. You know, a man behind bars. Like she's got, oh. a, she's got a type. Oh, you're so right. That does cement it, doesn't it? This yeah. Conversation through the bars. <sighs> it's they're both being. I'm just really enjoying both of their performances here. There's um. There's a a a. a I want to say a naive authenticity of that they're yes. each selling as 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 kids. Absolutely, I have been incredibly like uh, in surprised and pleasantly surprised at how well so many of these actors are pulling off teenagers. I mean, come on, <laughs> like we we yeah. know you're not teenagers, yeah. but the. The, we knew <laughs> the the innocence and the 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 playfulness that they're bringing to the roles. Uh, like they're they're yes. really inhabiting it as best as one can at uh, mm-hmm. at their age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mary Andrews, I love you, Molly Ringwald. Um, I, I 
I think a lot about the the archetypes that these that they they played in season one, and I I, I really think the writing circled back to season one a lot, uh, intentionally, aesthetically. Um, but I can imagine this cast looking back at themselves eight years ago, and like then essentially doing a parody of themselves and and landing somewhere around where we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like it. You know, one of the things that's striking me about this season is Mr. that uh, in the first season we had we had parents that were completely absent in so many ways. Uh, and now we're getting some of that parental relationship that we were missing in a lot of the earlier seasons. Uh, we had these, just these wild children mm -hmm. running mm -hmm. around in so many ways. And, mm -hmm. you know, now we're seeing them parented and I don't know what I prefer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the this, Russian problem. The Russia problem, the, <laughs> the, you know, we're going to get you dressed up and y'all are just going to go get married right away. Uh, this mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. problematic. <laughs> if this is the parenting that our grandparents had, you know, I'm more forgiving. I want to be more forgiving. <laughs> this mm -hmm. is what I'm taking away from this. Like, this was your model. Okay, this explains a lot about the world right now. Mm -hmm. This all tracks. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also, I'm, I'm reminded that Penelope was herself an adopted orphan, basically picked because she had red hair. Yes. In yeah. Deep, creepy eugenicists blossom family. Yeah. A couple of, of, uh, inklings, like in indications towards eugenics in this, in this particular episode, you know, the, the red haired mm -hmm. comment, and then the, mm. uh, like, let's make sure that you're marriage compatible and uh, the tests that mm -hmm. have been administered in various jurisdictions when, you know, one wants to go get married. Because, of course, if you are, if you were poor or you were brown or you were, you know, just deemed unworthy, you were an immigrant mm -hmm. from a place that they didn't want you to procreate, um, you know, mm -hmm. let's not have you get married. Perhaps let's look at sterilization. Ugh. It was, it, it definitely... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it definitely the 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 hints towards eugenics in this episode are strong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's an edge to a lot of these these suggestions and possibilities that feel very close for these small town kids. Mm -hmm. Things that could happen. Um, loving the gay bar in Riverdale. I'll take it. Beatnik town. Mm -hmm. Gonna love it. Happy times. I. You know, probably not actually ahistorical either, because I, you know, I imagine it was easier to keep a secret as far as venues go in some ways in a pre-digital era. Well, I sure hope so. But what a, what a very tender moment for us to get to witness. And, yeah. uh, yeah. Well, also not milking Kevin for dramas. No. Um, we're, we're with Betty discovering a thing. We're not, um, we're not voyeuristically in the rot emotions of, of the confused boys. And I appreciate that a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
Now, this episode is very true to Riverdale in the sense that uh, I feel like other than we, we do send Ethel away to the the yep. Sisters of Quiet Mercy. But uh, other than that, like, forget the serial killer. <laughs> forget that Ethel's parents were murdered. Let's just, we introduced it and we abandon it. And other than, you know, Jughead mm-hmm. was arrested in the process, like, we're just going to... We're just gonna we're just gonna rush through this, and uh, we don't need that anymore. <laughs> it feels uh, it feels it's so Riverdale. <laughs> You're completely right. I I I honestly didn't even notice the absence of the serial killer. I didn't miss it, and we started with all the blood. All the blood, right there. Absolutely, right there. and we're, we're it's it's it looks like it's about to be abandoned. We don't need this. Uh, how many plot lines have? I'd like to go back and count. Like how many plot lines of that nature have we abandoned over the years? They usually pick them up and tie them all into the same massive serial killings. At least a few seasons in. I mean, maybe, but like it's all hell. It was all hell. It was always all hell. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I guess. It was uh, nice, though. It was very nice to bring Clifford back to to this, yes. you know, bring our original bad guy back. Yes. Uh, he he added episode. a lot to mm-hmm. this episode. Um, so deliciously hateable. Hateable parents. Um, loving, imaginamic, and everything she is doing, once again, as Alice Cooper um, I'm delighted by the the period scaling of Alice's biases. Mm. Um, I'm a little surprised by the intensity of Archie's mom's tradition or traditionalism. Um, but particularly, yeah. But you Mary know Mary was later. What I love about Archie's like art with with Mary's arc in this episode anyway is that mm-hmm. she's going along with the societal norms, but you can mm-hmm. see her stomach churning the whole time. I don't want this to happen. I don't mm. want this to be the way, and I feel yeah. like that has been consistently Mary the whole way through. Right. Like just a, right. Like a, like she comes along eventually but there's you know just that 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 fear and that uh it, i don't know there's just a certain amount of it that just feels very true to her character that they're capturing mm-hmm. that she has these these progressive tendencies um mm-hmm. but doesn't have the the space or the the confidence to embody them and i think of her with mm-hmm. her her relationship uh with the the military officer um mm-hmm. and how you know she wants to say but it takes her, you know, it takes her several scenes to to get that out mm-hmm. to Archie because she just doesn't have the confidence that, uh, yeah. you know, some of our teenage characters have. And and I, I think we see that again with this, uh, you know, going along with this marriage and this, it's not right, but it's the way things are done. And, you know, mm-hmm. I would imagine by the end of the season, we'll see her develop again to uh, come out of that shell under the leadership the, the leadership, the example of the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I that would be a great arc for Mary and would. Yeah, I think would anchor well to the her her character norm of learning and growing with her son, mm-hmm. with her family. Um, I think it is more 
<laughs> I'm taken aback by the societal realities of the 50s. As many times as we circle back to period and remember everything about it and remember everything that is still currently wrong, mm-hmm. um, there's something about the familiarity of these characters that really um, refreshes some of these um, different experiences of the past to me. Um, and, and I think in, in, in echoing season one in a lot of ways, um, that adds weight because I feel like when, when we're cycling back and doing the same thing only in the 50s, in some ways, we're, we're revisiting these, the, uh, a comparison between the social forces of, the two, of contemporary season one versus 50s, this, this thing we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's an implicit comparison that I'm, that I'm finding myself struck by more than I, more than I anticipated mm-hmm. several times over. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. to think that, you know, gosh, I can't remember what year Riverdale started, but mm-hmm. Moose is uncomfortable coming out in season one with his relationship with Kevin and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're this, this issue is a repeat from the fi- from from the 50s as well. I mean, that just shows to demonstrate mm-hmm. like we we've we've had progress, but uh we also mm-hmm. really haven't. And then you're right, watching all of these characters that we we care about so much go through these experiences, it it just highlights how wrong this is. You know, this, mm-hmm. this backwards, because mm-hmm. we care about them. And it's like, you know, if we were to stop, if we were to plop somebody in, in, you know, just have started in the fifties, we wouldn't have already seen all the progress that has been made. And it yeah. mightn't feel yeah. quite so, it, it's a little, it's, it's jarringly unnormal, <laughs> abnormal, unnormal. Yes, That's not what yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that, yes, I agree that, 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 Yeah that puts it very well the the problems and the the emotional connection we have with this cast mm-hmm. and this set of characters okay i just do have to say i love that uh in this in this world uh cheryl absorbed the other twin <laughs> absorbed or ate or whatever it was that she did <laughs> and we get julian oh instead gosh. of jason like it's just it's wonderful <laughs> thank you i didn't realize i didn't put that together yet of course. Oh, that's oh yes, because he was the doll. Yes, he was the doll. Julian is back. Doll. He was real. <laughs> Who knew that he was actually real? And in this case, she's consumed. Jason, she's consumed. Jason. Ah, <laughs> uh, the compatibility check. Um, this. Uh, what a fabulous barrier to happiness this character is this this jackass psychologist this school psychologist um you know we were talking about eugenicists earlier this is this is not a school psychologist counselor this is a this is a man experimenting on children is the vibe i'm getting mm-hmm. a psych professor in the 50s i know what psych was like in the 50s y'all were weird behavioralists and Really racist too. Absolutely. Not like we aren't still, but um But the name they give yeah. him is so lovely. Just you know, you're old, clearly, you're Werthers. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You're old Butterscotch. people. Butterscotch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a kind um, word, a sympathetic ear could all go a long way to making sure that you don't, you know, fuck around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. That's just awful. He, I find it so interesting that this is introduced as the parents see this as a test, as a check mark. They present it. He's actually giving them wonky, loose, ephemeral talk therapy with his own biases. He's not testing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but that his authority is treated as objective. Mm-hmm. And here's the scene is, where it's, mm-hmm. it's so clear how, mu- how pained Mary is by all of this. And, and, and again, yes. it makes me think that, yes, she's embodying the traditions of the time, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's also sickened by them. And Absolutely. I don't think it's just being sickened by the blossoms, but just in general yeah. being sickened by the idea of these children getting married. Yes. Yes. The blossoms don't help. They make it worse. But yeah, it's something that's already tough to swallow as an idea. And that becomes completely impalatable thanks to the comparison. So we we touch ever... So slightly with Fangs and Midge here. This this is this is never in our center, but it's in the ensemble plots going around. We we touch on the extremes of class difference, the uh, the racial differences. The you're poor, you're not white. Yeah, they name it casually and mm-hmm. then move on with the practicalities mm-hmm. of okay. Now how now we're gonna deal with frogs. What a practicality to distract us. <laughs> I, I, I bet it works. I don't, well, I would never solicit, I would never encourage the trying of the frog thing, but I bet it works. Um, Betty, from kind of pr- sex pressuring to relatively supportive. Good pivot, Betty. On yeah. qu- quickly coming around uh, for your era. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, um, I hope we don't milk this, but I'm happy with what we've seen of this discovery coming out experience. Um, I'd be happy if this is where we leave it. And Kevin has, just has his, his, his boyfriend quietly on the side in, at the accepting bar. Um, I don't know. I imagine we'll be back to it, but but I'm happy with where we are for these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, really, because Cheryl, Cheryl's deeply unfinished plot arc, um, I'm curious how Kevin and Clay might circle back into to her story um, and her obvious grand romantic builds towards Tony. Mm-hmm. That is unabashedly needed and wanted and required. (laughs) Right. I also enjoyed, I think Clay is a nod to Chuck Clayton and bringing him back just with the choice Mm. of name and everything. And it's nice to see, uh, it's nice to see a return of, uh, you know, uh, crucial characters from uh, the early, the early years. Actually, actually Clay Walker is a a distinct character. Is he really? Spin-off uh, Archie in the Future series. Oh, I did um, not know that. He is Kevin Keller's future husband. 
I had no idea. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't either. I had no idea who the character was when they introduced him and did a little Googling and searching. And I remember the issue. I, I owned the issue somewhere. It was a big old, like, you know, gay Archie time. Yay. Basic threshold. Great. I'll celebrate you by spending three ninety nine on your comic. Um, but I didn't remember the name. Um, oh, wow. But yeah. So that therein is Endgame, I'm thinking, for Kevin. Oh, this lovely. is also where like Kevin can just be happy now. Right. He doesn't he doesn't need any more romantic conflict this season. We're done. <laughs> He's endgame. Thank you for telling that to the writers here. Uh, they're totally listening and they're taking that note. <laughs> I can only hope. Hey, we we predicted plenty in the past. Yeah. These um the diner scenes. We we get a number of diner scenes um here that also anchor to our our core Riverdale aesthetic really nicely. Um, some really important conversations that happen in this beautifully blue, blue red lit, uh, familiar home space. And battles. <laughs> and battles. <laughs> battles as well. It, it has to remain uh, central <laughs> if we're ever to correct the, uh, correct the timeline. I mean, let's not forget, we are time travelers here. I mean, maybe we just live here now. Who knows? I, I, I'm not going to accept that Tabitha <laughs> is gone. Uh, she no. can't just be gone. That, I mean, she Agreed. could be. Uh, Riverdale has abandoned things many a time. <laughs> I mean, again, where is the milkman? What do we care? Why, I do not care about the milkman. But, yeah. Okay, again, do not harm a poor frog with your pee. Do not. Uh, there, I'm mm-hmm. sure that there is a way to get a pregnancy test for you. Um, and if you need something, you know, cheaper and more discreet, mm-hmm. uh, there's products mm-hmm. like ovary and, uh, you know, there's plenty of things that are like, yeah, there's so many options. Just don't, don't hurt frogs. There is the science now. Um, this, this scene is neat for me in reminding me that pregnancy tests were not available. Um, and everything that means as far as basic agency and understanding of your body. Um, and it uh, reminded me of some, you know, something I love about basic biology, that most of our meds around hormones are basically urine-based. <laughs> like, early birth control is derived from pregnant horse pee, I believe. And, um, yeah, these chemicals are neat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you have pregnancy tests now. You don't need the frogs. The frogs are fine. Mm-hmm. Although if you were trying to get your frogs to reproduce, there's probably <laughs> an ethical and medically appropriate version <laughs> of that hormone to get, I guess. Right. And if you find yourself like uh, pregnant by surprise or pregnant in uh, a way that you're not wanting, know that you can get to uh, various... Uh, Go, if you're in Canada, go talk to your doctor. If you're somewhere else, mm-hmm. you know, go find a, a service. Even if the laws have changed in your states or whatnot, um, they might still be Many able to help pills. you. Yes. Many little pills in the mail. Yep. Available. Get the help. For now, sort of-ish. I don't know if you're following yeah. all that stuff in the states, but yeah, go see them. They might Oof. still be able to help you. Mm-hmm. Depending on your state. But... Ugh. Um, 
okay, so these kids having a lovely life, <laughs> distracting myself from reality. These children are being mature and having a slow, careful, mindful building friendship relationship. Good job, both of you. It is lovely. Modeling. Also, the, <laughs> well, good, the good old days of like, oh, I'm going to skip class. You know what? I'll join you. <laughs> oh, yes. yes, I remember that. <laughs> oh, Good yeah. days. Glory days. <laughs> Honestly, Shane, that was us. Oh, yes. And it was me skipping because you were the bad influence, dare I, I say. I totally was. But to be fair, I mean, I literally remember the school calling and being like, you know, talking to my mom and being like, your daughter's <laughs> skipping class. And she's like, she has like a 96 average. What do you want? <laughs> what do you expect me to do? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, Small yeah. town schools. <laughs> we, we grew up in Riverdale High, functionally. Except with less serial killers. And actually a lot less gays. I would have had been happier in Riverdale High. I would have gotten a date in Riverdale High. That would have been lovely. Now I'm bitter. Now I'm envious (laughs) of these 1950s gay teens. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we'll talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Barchi. We're slow building that, are we? I mean, they were endgame in the last world. And, you know, there was that there was that push at the end about with with Tabitha saying, you know, well, Veronica in half of the other half of the other scenarios, it was (laughs) you and Archie. And so it's very interesting that they've kind of abandoned that and are exploring something else right now. Um, mm-hmm. And really making, uh, really, really bringing Betty and Archie together again. I find that interesting, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. after we briefly almost had that uh, the kiss between Archie and, or sorry, between uh, Betty and Jughead, right? So yeah. they're, they're toying with us, but yes, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in it for, I'm in it for Barchi. Same. It's it's always been the the Marianne rather than the Ginger in my mind. Gilligan's Island. Mm, yes. Uh, the the other 70s blo- uh, two hair color, good woman, bad woman dichotomy of the olden storytelling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes, Fangs. We're, we double back down to issues that Fangs is having. That Fangs is having instead of Moose, which is a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that we've kept Fangs as a supporting character. Just completely because of this actor and his relationship and chemistry with with the the main cast. Um, mm-hmm. I think this was a solid choice to um, uh, anchor anchor us to to that uh, that and to, to to keep more of Tony's community as well around. Um, you know, Tony was originally came in kind of as a supporting character, Jughead, and she's really at the center of this community. Uh, once again, by this season, mm-hmm. in a really nice way. Um, um, that yeah, it it adds it adds a lot for me to see her with her childhood friend, as well as with Betty, the 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 nice smart new friend who you're helping. Right. Well, and I really appreciate the last scene we just watched because I think that was the first scene where we truly get to see 
uh, Tony as still a child as well. Uh, and yes. sorry for all the teenagers watching, your children. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so it's still a child as well, uh, in the sense that, you know, we have four months to turn you into a Richie Valens type rock star. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's going to be perfectly plausible. Uh, absolutely, we can do that for you. Whereas, you know, she's had all this worldly knowledge and this, you know, guide and counsel, mm-hmm. guidance counselor mm-hmm. air. And then it's like, yeah, we just have to make you a rock star and they're going to love you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a plan um i hope it gives us josie and the pussycats oh that would be wonderful that's that's what i thought hearing that line that hook that maybe that's going to give us our josie episode um because I, I i would enjoy spending a whole episode with fangs and tony and the pussycats that would be wonderful yes be great how much money do you think veronica spent fixing up this train car I have no idea, but uh, like it, it's so Jughead. Uh, no, it isn't. What is this? <laughs> it's the Pembroke in train form. Uh, hi, Alice. This is the conflict of knowledge versus suppression of knowledge. The classic Betty Alice struggle. It's a classic Betty Alice struggle, but it's so poignant today with just so many of the issues, so many, um, Mm -hmm. so many states in pushing against, uh, access to books that, Mm -hmm. you know, talk about sexuality and, Mm -hmm. uh, people burning them. Oh gosh. Yeah. It's, it's so, I I, I don't know. To me, this just pulls up my heartstrings. It's such a current issue and, and to watch it continue to be a current issue, Mm-hmm. 70 mm-hmm. years later uh, is yeah. ouch. It's just ouch. Yeah. Okay, that's a postcard. <laughs> that's California. A, it's a postcard yeah. for anybody who's never seen a postcard before. <laughs> uh, you used to send them in the mail. <laughs> just cause. Like a little letter. <laughs> like an itty bitty letter. Um, I say that because I, missed- I just sent postcards to my nephews and they were confused. <laughs> They were very confused. Yep. If you, <laughs> I was going to say, if you remember when old people sent you e-email cards, they were adapting that tradition badly. But if you're young, you don't remember e-email cards because they died rightfully. Thank God. <laughs> uh, Mary into my life, my family. Mm. Really, really, really great. Uh really great exploration of of choices and options and agency with these two kids and the just i i really love the performance um archie and cheryl in this relationship their friendship mm-hmm. it's um it's a really satisfying um I, i'm i'm remind okay so the bechdel test um Yep. The basic two women talking with each other on screen about something other than a man. Mm-hmm. Um, basic, basic foundation. Um, most often broken by women talking about something other than a romantic interest. That's kind of the basic standard. I'm remind... Um, so much of these couply romantic conversations... Um, feel to me like they are breaking the anchor-to-romance plot norm. Um, that's, um, 
the way that, like, I feel like all of these romance scenes and conversations and these 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 very boy go- girl boy girl matchups, instead of being about the the schmoop the trope the the wouldn't pass the test talk all just about the romance or the partner, um, we're getting much more complicated, rich friendships underpinning all of these relationships than I usually see out of any old romance plot. And that's really, um, that's really rich to me. Mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying that. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. Absolutely. Mm. Cheryl and Tony. So where's, um, Tony is hurt here. Is, is she waiting for Cheryl to come around and realize she's a lesbian and in love with her at this point? Or is she also still processing some stuff? I'm not sure where Tony is mentally yet. Um, she has been the advisor all episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's definitely pining, but yeah, it's, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I think I, we're going to get this relationship yet. Yes. And it is promised. It, it is, is promised. It is, it is written. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, we were, we've been missing, we missed that. We missed mm-hmm. that last mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm loving how it's developing. I'm, I'm excited to see, um, to return to with Tony's perspective. Uh, you know, we were with her in episode one somewhat, um, and here she served most of the other characters' plots and needs. I'm, I'm keen to circle back to her with her. Mm-hmm. Um, now that we know where Cheryl's at, mm-hmm. now that we know what Cheryl's contending with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope, I hope, um, her and Fangs. Uh, I, I expect to see their story growing together and sharing a screen over the next couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Banking on. Um, Alice, you monster. Um, Ethel is such a lovely, frank, brave character. Every time they use her. Um, I love that she just owned, this is my book. You have no reason to know this is my book. I, the child, orphan who is homeless, I will take responsibility and deal with the consequences and the risk. Um, and it's, it's completely adjacent to the, the battle of Betty and Alice here. It's, it's a thing that happens beside, you know, beside them, but Ethel doesn't hesitate to engage. Doesn't, you know, there's, it's like she's, she's processed the potent, the societal shame already. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I love Ethel's confidence, in in a lot of the things that Ethel introduces in Riverdale. Hmm. Um, yeah, great use of Shannon Purser. Hmm. Oh, vintage tickets! What a fun time it was. Probably I mean, props to build those. And this, <laughs> and this. <laughs> oh, this look. This car, this everything. Yeah, this glam. I it's such a, a great way of just showing like these two characters are not meant to be. 
<laughs> got us bus tickets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this has been the most beautiful pipe dream. It has really been. This is a lovely goodbye and uh, a very grown up, a very grown up thing for uh, Cheryl to be doing, you know, facing herself and her family. And uh, yes, it's a maturity that we don't often get from Cheryl. So it's it's quite appreciated, especially that it's done still in a dramatic flair. I mean, come on, she's just Mm -hmm. Hollywood fab Mm -hmm. coming up Mm -hmm. here, making a scene of it. But but yet not at the same time. Yes, she did have the dramatic pull up at the bus stop in front of the bus. This was timed dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's not milking it. This is, yeah, we're getting some real emotion, not some manipulation. Mm-hmm. That's what, what I'm feeling. Hmm. So I guess the bus stops, it pops. That's fine. It's the center of everything. Yeah, it's open 24 hours. You're waiting for a bus. Google Probably makes shade. it easier for strange spirits to get trapped and lost forever if you're in a bus stop. It's very liminal space. Hmm. And then we come to Tony. Oh, yeah? I didn't... Mm, I didn't pay enough attention to this scene my first time through. Um, and what it promises for the near future. Mm-hmm. Again, I, books. I love the sharing of books in, in this... In this season, it is uh, such a uh, an important way to share knowledge and explore topics without, you know, from the from a safety right. Like you, you get to explore something um, in yourself through the lens of another character, or you know, potentially through like nonfiction as well. But mm-hmm. it's so important, and I feel like this is absolutely a commentary on everything that's going on in Florida mm-hmm. and within other states. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this is, uh, you need your access to your books, you know, advocate mm-hmm. for your libraries, advocate for your collections, advocate for your freedom to read. It is incredibly important, always has been and always will be. It's kind of fundamental for your ability to engage and embrace your life and yourself mm-hmm. in any real capacity. Mm-hmm. It's sort of important. <laughs> I'm not sure what to make of Uncle Frank here. I don't... Yeah, I don't... Love it, but um, everything it has promised, the hyper-masculinity delivered and implied? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Um, not where I would have gone, Mary. But you look great in that pants outfit for a hot second. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um... I'm excited to return to Ethel in the nunnery. I'm not excited by the horrors she will have experienced by then, but um, I'm excited to return to Shannon Purser and that there is a promised return soon because she's there on ice. I have to confess, I'm still not convinced that she didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ethel has been a character on the line for... Like every time that we see her, she's, you know, is she good? Is she bad? Is she, what is she? We're just not sure. Um, yeah, the, the, um, the role playing game Princess Ethel definitely could have gotten up some murder mm-hmm. from the cult, uh, from the cult D&D season. 
Oh, God, that was a long time ago. It was. <laughs> and we're headed back there, potentially. Uh, yay for the sisters. Also, I'm so surprised this works. I'm so surprised this works. It, it really does <laughs> seem to. And, you know, in some ways it's because it feels really like they're well. borrowing some of Betty's crime uh, mm. Betty's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, reporter ex- ex- uh, persona for Veronica a little bit, but at the yes. same time, she has the resources to throw around to, uh, to uh, you know, get to to to. She has the resources to make this very interesting, uh, just yep. with her money and her freedom, her lack of parents. <laughs> um, <laughs> she and Jughead are the two are the same in that matter, right? Yeah, yeah. They're the unsupervised ones. Yeah. In a in an episode where we deal with a lot of the consequence of supervision. Mhm. And yet at the same time, they're taking their time and and getting to know each other and exploring things slowly. And uh that's wholesome, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, it's lots of fun. I'm having fun this season. This season is very, very fun so far. It's fun, but it hurts. It, it so hurts. Mm, like, I am mm. not enjoying watching uh, our queer characters go through everything that they're going through. Uh, and mm. I'm not enjoying the gaslighting of this, you know, the of Betty's uh, sexuality. And, like, it's fun, mm. but I feel for, I really, really feel for our characters, lots of empathy. Just this is mm-hmm. not something anybody should have had to go through. Yes, we we are right from the beginning anchoring with some um, some heavy, real emotional pressure and problems. Um, they're not pulling punches, but I'm still having fun between the punches. Mm-hmm. Well, t- gang. That's been another episode of Riverdale. I'm delighted. I'm ready for more. Channing, thank you so much for joining us this week. Oh, it's been uh, a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Um, more next time, gang. Let's see how Midge handles the pregnancy. Let's see when Tony finally finally confesses her love. I'm going to stop there. That's really all I want to see. Uh, 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 Tony. Tony, <laughs> Tony, 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 Tony. <laughs> Bye, gang. <laughs>